You're like a week into the new job. How's everything going? I hate it. Really? It's so boring. <laughs> Is that a bad thing? Like, when everything runs smoothly, there's literally nothing to do. And, like, when problems do, a po- like, pop up, they're resolved in, like, five minutes. Have you been using all that extra time for uh, fantasy and NFL research? I hope. I guess we'll find out. <laughs> sure. I don't even know what to think about fantasy this week. Everything went. I barely scraped by a win. <laughs> I saw that thanks to Kevin, uh, which we'll talk about, putting up 62. <laughs> Thank God. That's even worse than my team, which is saying quite a, quite a lot. <laughs> Two best um friends oh wait keep your shirt on it's just a typo stop you are freaking ridiculous who think they know football the chiefs or the Colts, or wow the chargers there we go stop thinking just read bring you unprecedented access to the nfl world mike white is now on my fantasy roster and maybe starting over russell wilson i spent 25 dollars to get jacoby Brissett. Because here, it's real football by real fans. Like a disturbance in the force as a flip pink bird suddenly cried out in a silence. The 2M Football Show starts now. And welcome into the latest episode of the 2M Football Show. Mike and Matt here with you. Uh, And, you know, we made it, what, five games into the season before this happened? Uh, But... Apologies for missing a week last time. Life circumstances caught this up. One, this one was all on me. Started out on you, but I don't know if you can hear in my voice. I'm still a little sick to it. It worked out for everybody. That last week was just a, a bad one all around. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, yeah, sorry we missed you last week, but here we are back at it. Um, so this is the week six and a half updates episode. So today we'll recap week six. And it is kind of starting to fly by. Like, first four weeks really feel like the start of the season. Once you get to six, it's like, wow, we are into the thick of it now. Almost at the halfway point. Trade deadline's coming up, which we'll start to discuss. But, yeah, it's starting to fly by. So week six headlines, are we'll check in on our playoff sleepers, uh, look at a few other top games from last week before we get into the week seven preview, and uh, talk some fantasy football in the uh, in the fantasy corner, which is at least for me, is getting kind of less exciting by the week. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know if you feel the same way about that. <laughs> at least you got to win this week. Anyway, we'll get there, like you said. All right, week six recap headlined by the trade deadline fast approaching. What? Already? Actually, two weeks from today, as we record this on Tuesday, October seventeenth, the trade don't deadline. Give away our secrets. A very spooky one of uh, Halloween is the trade deadline. And a lot of buzz has been around Kirk Cousins. He is in the final year of his contract with the Vikings. Uh, you know, the team is, they, they just got to win. So they're two and four now, but they don't have Justin Jefferson uh, for at least the next three weeks. And uh, it looks, it's starting to kind of look like a lost season for them. Uh, he does have a no trade clause, so he would have to waive that and uh, approve any destination they would send him to. And uh, he's given no indication that he wants to go. Uh, but it could make sense if the team is out of contention. Maybe there's another team out there who 
has lost their starting QB to injury and uh, feels like they've got all the other pieces and do a half a year rental for a, I don't know, third round pick or something like that would be interesting. Poor guy. No love for Kirk Cousins in Minnesota. I don't get it. (laughs) There wasn't in Washington either. I don't know. With the whole RG3 drama. Yeah. I'm a a fan. I'm a fan. I still would love to see him go to the Jets. Although uh, the way Rodgers is apparently healing, uh, maybe that wouldn't even make sense. (laughs) I'm hearing. Well, it would cost too much to have him start for like four weeks. Right, right. They already gave away a lot of their draft picks to acquire Rodgers. But anyway, I think uh, Cousins is an interesting one. There's also a lot of talk around Jerry Judy, the embattled Broncos wide receiver, though his his stock seems to be falling by the week. They certainly want to move on, but the question now would be around who would even be interested in paying and giving up anything for him. I could see New England. They certainly have a receiver problem. They also have a Mac Jones problem. <laughs> there was a there was a meme that I saw on Instagram that showed I don't know if it was Bill Belichick or like a Bill Belichick lookalike in line at McDonald's saying that he was looking for a better Mac. <laughs> pretty sure that wouldn't have been the real one, but that is pretty funny either way. Uh, so those are the biggest rumors that I've heard at this point. We'll obviously keep our eye on things as we get closer and closer to that deadline. But speaking of Belichick and the Patriots, it's also head coach hot seat season. And uh, I forget how early it was. I should have looked this up beforehand because I was curious. It's like, what is the average week that we see our first in-season coach firing? Uh, and because there's a handful of names here potentially on the hot seat. I just put this together. I don't know how accurate it is, but tell me. What uh, you, you missed one. Okay, good. Good. We'll get there. How about Belichick as the most interesting candidate? Could he, would he ever even be fired after everything he's done for this Patriots franchise? Um, um, I would <laughs> say that it's possible. I mean, no matter how much you do for something, if you're not going to perform, like it's a business, right? Yeah. And if you're not creating a profitable business, like there's no need for you there. I mean, Belichick, the offense got worse after they canned Matt Patricia from last year. The offense is just awful. Which is hard to imagine it being worse than it was last year, but it somehow they've managed it. I don't understand the logic between every, they bench Jones for Zappi, but then they go ahead and they start with Jones immediately again. I mean, it might have been like a mercy benching because in both of those games, they were down huge. Um, but, but, yeah. But since that's you, just it. You're benching him because you're down. Yeah. Something something happened for them to get down. <laughs> and, and, uh, and they're just not, like, they're not putting enough pieces. The Patriots worked with Brady and, this is going to, sound bad, but like lower quality pieces because Brady was the type of talent to elevate everyone around him. Yeah. You do not have that quarterback there. So you need to put high profile pieces all around in order to get the results. Right. And they haven't done that. And speaking of the results, as you referenced, coming into this past week, they had lost their previous two by a combined score of 72 to three against Dallas and New Orleans. Both of those games, they pulled starters, including Mac Jones. 
by mid fourth quarter because it was so out of hand. They did lose again to the Raiders uh, this past weekend. At least they scored 17 points and Mac Jones survived the entire game. But the yeah. team is one in five. Things look, there's very little hope. <laughs> Things look really bad. And Mac Jones is in a contract, or he's in uh, essentially a contract year. The team has to decide whether to trigger his fifth year option uh, after the season. Certainly haven't seen anything to indicate that they should do that. Um, but at the same time, you can't put it all on him because, like you said, they don't have weapons. They still don't have. They signed Juju. He has not been healthy and is a shell of himself. Um, and that's about all they've done, I guess. <laughs> so I, I wonder if we would ever see the day where the, where they fire Belichick. A uh, couple other teams that are disappointing. This one is – I wrote this last week after uh, the Packers lost that brutal game to I think it was Detroit. No, was it the Raiders, their most recent loss? Yep. Um, we all acknowledged preseason that they'd be a work in progress with Jordan Love. Uh, I think we all, or maybe I'm just speaking for myself here, got a little too excited after week one when they blew out the Bears. Like <laughs> he's already he's already Hall of Fame caliber. Things have been really bad since then, especially on the offensive side of the ball. And uh, so I don't think LaFleur would be on the hot seat for that. But a lot of fingers have been pointed to the way he's been coaching this, or calling the offense and the types of play calls he's been going for, not necessarily helping Love out. So I have some. So the uh, a page on Instagram pulled over 6,000 Packers fans and asked them three questions. Mm. And these are the percentages based on critical decisions around Green Bay. Let's see if you agree with them. Okay. 87% of fans think that the Packers should fire Joe Barry. Uh, absolutely. I am one of those 87%. Yes. Count me in. Um, surprisingly, 52% of fans think that LaFleur is, in fact, on the hot seat. So it's about half and half. I think they understand that there's going to be a lot of transition. Mm -hmm. So I think that's why that number isn't as high as maybe some think it should be. But, you know, the Green Bay is going to go through a whole revamp. And then this one was kind of surprising, but it kind of shows you where most of our heads are at. 78% of them believe that Jordan Love is the quarterback of the future. We just have to make it through the growing pains of an entirely new system. And I think that's going to be LaFleur's biggest challenge is he can't run what he ran with Rodgers. But you also have Aaron Jones that's gone down and is hopefully coming back. Right, yeah. Which is critical to that offense running efficiently. Those are I see why people could think that, but I don't agree with it. I don't think, not yet. Well, I'm surprised it wasn't more reactionary the other way. So good for Packers fans for keeping their collective heads because, uh, like I said, we we knew this. We knew it would be rough at times, and we're only five games in. So maybe Lafleur doesn't really belong in this list. Well, let's move on. Though a couple more we've got here. How about this one, Brian Dable? Another crazy one. Uh, the Giants head coach. He was one coach of the year last year. It's all gone uh, downhill for the Giants. Daniel Jones has been regressing back to his injury-prone form, and he's hurt now. Uh, like many teams, it seems, in the league right now, they have zero offensive line. Like The team as a whole has taken such a step back from when they were a surprise playoff. This team. is a terrible name to be associated with, but remember the last time the Giants were like this? 
they had a dominant season, and then immediately the next year their head coach was fired. Oh, was it Coughlin or who? Who? No. Who are you thinking of? Oh, Joe Judge. Wait, no. I don't know. Tell me. Uh, it wasn't Freddie Kitchens. It was Ben McAdoo. Wow, I forgot about that dude. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Ben McAdoo made like a 13-3 and run with the Giants and then got fired, what, five games into the season the next year? Wow, that's actually a great uh, call. <laughs> Not that I put them in the same league. Like, I don't think Dable is that type of coach, given all the issues the team has. Um, McAdoo, just the entire offense couldn't function at all, even when they were all healthy. This has been Saquon Barkley's been in and out. They had right. Swiss cheese for an offensive line. Like, I can see why they say Daniel Jones is regressing, but my God, he's one of like eight quarterbacks, I feel like, that don't have any protection. Yeah, it's true. And I don't know if it's, I don't really know what it is with the Giants, if it's injuries or what, but, um, Anytime a team is good one year and then surprisingly much worse the next with seemingly similar personnel, I feel like you instinctively look at the coaching. I would say that if if Dable survives this season and is there next year, if it starts off again next year when everyone's had the offseason to recover, they've had some draft, some free agency build up to fix some of the problems. If they're in this boat again next year, then then I would start to think that maybe Brian would be in the hot seat. Okay. So maybe not yet on him. All right. One more I've got here that I want to hear you tell me who I left off. But uh, first, how about Matt Eberflus, the Bears head coach? Uh, Fields and uh, another one. Now Fields is hurt. But the Bears in general have been such a big disappointment this year. There's so much buzz around Justin Fields and, uh, you know, him making that next leap forward as a player, as a passer with the weapons they brought in, DJ Moore. Um you know, high first round pick on an offensive lineman, stuff like that. They were supposed to be a better team. Um, and yet they started to show promise before Fields went down. Like, that's terrible. You started to show some signs of life with the design runs using Justin's athleticism, and then he gets hurt. But I put the loss, honestly, this past I, – I put it on the offensive coordinator. They need to figure that that out. I don't necessarily think Eberflus is on the fire. I think he needs to get rid of the OC and see if they can make adjustments throughout the rest of the year. Yeah, that's a good call. That, that'd probably be where they would start. Um, it's an interesting one because Eberflus is a defensive-minded guy. He came from the Colts' uh, defensive coordinator position. So he's, I feel like he counts on his his coordinator, you know, more than like uh, – like a LaFleur, for example, who was an offensive coordinator before becoming a head coach. So, you know, I, I feel like any coach has the one side of the ball that they are more responsible for. Um, but the defense has been pretty bad, too. So it's a, I don't know. It's just another team that came into the year with high hopes. They're one in five. Doesn't you know, things aren't getting any easier for them, especially without Justin Fields for at least the next couple of games. And they might have some hard decisions to make uh, in the draft next year if they've got, you know, multiple top five picks, which looks very likely with theirs and Carolina's. They'll find a way to screw them up. <laughs> because I put the Bears and the Packers in the same category of it's not just the coaches, it's the front offices that need to be changed. Mm. 
starts. Like you can you can be a phenomenal coach, but if you're not given the pieces that are good enough to be coached, like it's like you're set up not for success. And the Bears need to get rid of their their general manager. That's true. A lot of people say they need new owners too. So, but that's so a whole different me, rant. Tell me who I left off this list. Brandon Staley. Ah, uh, yes. Another loss. They're two and three now, right? And that was that was a bad one coming off the bye week. So they had all that extra time to prepare. Eckler was back. Eckler back. Yep. 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 And I, if he makes it three more weeks like that, I'd be impressed. But even if he survives the year, I do not think that Brandon Staley will be the head coach of the Chargers next year. Yeah, they've just underperformed. They're two and three, you know, it's a long road to the playoffs from here. Um, and I feel like that's got to be the goal, right? They were in the playoffs last year, completely melted down and lost in the wild card, but they were there. And uh, to to not make it back this There's year. There's just too much talent on that team to perform the way they are. Yeah. And at least in terms of Monday's loss, you know, I think you got to put a lot of that on Herbert. He made some really bad throws, missed some big plays, uh, bad decisions. But in general, it, it always starts with the coach. They're not going to get rid of Herbert, who they just signed to a massive extension. And he's still a young quarterback face of the franchise. Uh, so that is a good call. He's probably the most likely of the ones that we've talked about, I think, to lose his job because it's been – coming i feel like we talked about this at the end of last year how we were expecting him to be on a short leash coming into this year and well it's been a rough start yeah all right well that was fun let's let's just quickly highlight a couple of games from the week and then uh get going but good the only thing i have to say about the vikings because the steelers are on a bye is the vikings defense came to play uh for the second week they scored a a touchdown unfortunately poor bears backup tyler banget uh, got strip sacked for a touchdown, but uh, they they need a they need offensive line protection. Uh, even without Justin Jefferson, the offense had flashes, but it's going to take a little bit of getting used to. KJ Osborne needs to step up more. Um, Jordan Addison needs to get targeted just a little bit more, and they need to get the ground game run. But that all starts with the protection up front. Yeah, you're right. It's been the line that's been the issue, even with. Jefferson in the lineup is they weren't able to really run the ball. And it doesn't matter, I guess, when you can, when you've got a receiver like Jefferson, you can throw it to. It matters. I, I would argue it matters even more because <laughs> the run sets up the pass or the pass can set up the run. They're so focused on Jefferson mm-hmm. and Addison's emerging as a great threat that, you know, they forget about Madison in the backfield or split out wide. Like it just opens up more and they're starting to become one dimensional, but yeah. You have to have protection to get any of that done. Yep. Well, the Vikings did get the win. So like we said, two and four now. Uh, My commanders got back in the win column after losing three in a row. They took on the Falcons in Atlanta. And they did a pretty good job on defense holding uh, the Falcons power running game in check. Bijan Robinson and um, Tyler Algier didn't make much of an impact on this game. However, I think maybe the consequence of that was that uh, Desmond Ritter did throw for 300 yards. 
it was a weird game if you just look at the box score because the Falcons, you would think that the Falcons dominated. They had more than double the amount of total yards of offense as Washington, 60% of the time of possession. Uh, but the key number you'll see there that they also had more of in a bad way was Ritter's three interceptions uh, compared to Washington uh, not turning the ball over once. Uh, and the Atlanta also turned it over on downs twice. So I feel I always feel like that should kind of count for, you know, defense forcing a turnover. That's if you do count those, that's five turnovers forced by this Washington defense. And the interceptions all came at key moments in the second half. Well, and I think it somewhat balances out because I think Sam Howell's on pace to be sacked 99 times this year, which would be an NFL record. This is another so one of the defense kind of has to uh, has to pick up some of that slack because man. Another These quarterbacks are getting killed this year. They, I don't understand they are. it. They, it seems worse than an average year. They're an offensive lineman shortage or something. I don't know. Well, usually it's one or two teams, right, that we talk about O-line issues with, and, like, that's the downfall of the team. You've got Seattle. You've got um, you've got Minnesota. You've got Washington. You've got Chicago. You've got Denver. Green Bay seems like. <laughs> Green Bay is a little bit iffy on the left side with Bakhtiari out. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, it's a weird one. But so the, the interceptions all were huge. They came at crucial times. One of them set the offense up uh, to score their last touchdown to take a twenty-four to ten lead at the time. Uh, their second interception that came in their own end zone when the Falcons had a goal-to-go play from the Washington seven, taking points off the board essentially. And then on the Falcons' final drive, they'd gotten into Commanders territory. Um, but his, but Ritter's third and final pick sealed the game for Washington. And like I said, they snap a three-game losing streak. It's a big win for the Commanders, who are now three and three, and uh, firmly in the yeah, yeah. And my record is the same as the Browns or Broncos. <laughs> this is the Thursday night game: Broncos at Chiefs. Um, and what I will say, I'll give the Broncos defense a lot of credit here. They um, they played really well in this game. They made them work for it. They did not give this game away. Yeah, they they held them to, what, four field goals. Uh, they intercepted Mahomes. They, I, what else did they do? They um, played football. Oh, yeah, they, they stuffed a fourth down uh, fake field goal type of play where the Chiefs had lined up to kick a field goal. But then they, they held them it, in the red zone like three times. It was actually impressive. Yeah, it was. I mean, and like I like I already said, they held them to field goals four times. Meanwhile, their offense was doing literally nothing, um, especially through the air. When Denver ran the ball in this game, they actually looked pretty good. Devontae Williams and the rookie um, McLaughlin, they both averaged, uh, I think, more than four and a half yards per carry. Uh, despite all that, whenever Russ dropped back to pass, it was a disaster. Uh and it was so let's see it was 16 to nothing chiefs in the middle of the third quarter and it should have been a lot more than that if the defense hadn't been you know working their butts off and denver was finally had a good drive going russ threw a second pick of the game on a tip pass they did eventually score with six minutes left in the fourth quarter uh Cortland sutton made an unbelievable one-handed catch in the end zone they got the two-point conversion all of a sudden they've done nothing all game but now it's a one-score game uh, but at, this was the point where the defense finally did falter. <laughs> Couldn't make the vital stop to give the offense one more chance. And uh, Chiefs added one more field goal late, 19-8 to final score. 
It was ironic, though, that they flipped the script here because the defense has been terrible, but they played really well this week. While the offense had been putting up points, but Russ couldn't even get to 100 passing yards in this game. Right? I'm, I so weird sometimes. <laughs> really weird. Uh, oh, and I just feel like, to be fair to Nathaniel Hackett and all the crap we gave him last year, we should bring this up. This was right before halftime. The Broncos were on offense. And Russ took a sack on third down, but and Sean Payton called a timeout, uh, not realizing that it was fourth down. I guess he thought it was still third down. But that extra time that stayed on the clock for Denver's timeout, uh, the Chiefs took advantage of that and ended up adding a field goal right before halftime. Whoops. So yeah, just like me and my fantasy team, the Broncos are one and five and look like uh, they'll be closer to the number one pick in the draft next year than they will be to making the playoffs. <laughs> I believe in you. Do you believe in the Broncos? No. <laughs> All right, fair enough. Uh, let's just talk about two games here because we saw both of the final unbeaten teams go down. The Eagles and the 49ers. Eagles at the hands of the Jets. Um... Who, whose defense, without Sauce Gardner, picked off Jalen Hurts three different times. And it could have been more if you watched the game. They dropped a bunch. And Zach Wilson, you know, didn't get a lot of yards, but kept it clean, never threw, never turned the ball over himself. And this all came down to a 14-12 to 12 Eagles lead late. They needed a first down to just run out the clock. It was third and nine, I think. Um, and Hurts goes deep he thought he saw something down the field um oh wait a second no that that happened later sorry <laughs> through an interception the safety. i was confused but i figured you had this i'm not even reading my own notes this is what happens uh but no the safety had i uh, was dropping into his own coverage just stepped right in front of the receiver red hurts eyes took the ball all the way down to the seven yard line where Brees hall ran it in on the next play uh, it was it was one of those where I think the Eagles did the smart thing and just let him score to um, preserve the clock. Right. The way he celebrated the touchdown, that was really funny. <laughs> I, I don't think he realized they just let him score. <laughs> right, and you get so, all pumped up like you're right. the greatest player ever. And it's exactly. like, no, dude, we kind of let you walk into the end zone there. Which I think was the right call. But... Uh, but they couldn't do anything. The Eagles got the ball back down. Uh, let's see. They went for two and got it. So it was 14 to 20. There was still like a minute and 40 on the clock at this point. Plenty of time, but they just went four and out, concluding on this was the deep ball. It was third and uh, like eight or nine or fourth and eight or nine or something. And, and Hertz threw a deep ball. Uh, looked like he had something there with, uh, I think it was Devontae Smith, but safety undercut it again and almost picked it off. Not, not that it mattered. It was fourth down anyway. So the Jets get the stunning victory uh, to hand the Eagles their first loss of the season. And the other one was the 49ers who are in Cleveland. Together, yeah, this one. Who were This down. one went from like it was good and then just went downhill fast. Yeah. I mean, it's been a weird ride with Deshaun Watson the last few weeks. He had a shoulder injury uh, before the bye week last week. They were off. Uh, he didn't play in the game before the bye. 
he, despite reports that he was cleared medically, but now they're saying he actually wasn't cleared. Anyway, he didn't play. He had the bye week to rest. Still wasn't ready for this game. Uh, so they gave P.J. Walker the start after their that rookie who nobody would ever be dumb enough to start in fantasy. was <laughs> was terrible in week four. <laughs> P.J. Walker, at least, is a guy who has been around the league and gotten a handful of NFL starts under his belt. Uh, but the, the bigger story that emerged as this game started to play out was that the 49ers lost a couple of key offensive weapons in Christian McCaffrey and Debo Samuel. And uh, oh, probably related to that, Purdy had his worst game ever. That said, they were still had the chance. He drove them down the field, some nice nice run after the catch by Brandon Ayuk to set them up for a relatively short 41-yard field goal. Eight seconds on the clock would have. And they, Robbie they, Gold kicked the yeah, game winner, right. right? They wished. They wished they still had Robbie Gold. Um, but no, instead, the rookie kicker, Mad Eye Moody, I didn't write down his first name. <laughs> <laughs> he just missed the kick. Sorry, <laughs> I laughed so hard. I did him. <laughs> he just pushed it wide right, and uh, 49ers went home with their first defeat. And that's Brock Purdy's first ever loss in the regular season as a starter. Uh, somebody said at work, and this was this is so true, that without Debo and McCaffrey, the 49ers look like a not-super-powered football team. Like, they look like an average football team. And I'm like, that's so totally true. It is true. I mean, and the Browns do have a really good defense, you know, to be fair to them. But you would have expected more, yeah, and – you know, they didn't even get Kittle involved. It, there's still good players out there like Ayuk and Kittle. I guess that's it at that point. But still, <laughs> tough one for them. And uh, those, Use check. Oh, yeah, he's still there, the fullback. But yeah, that was probably the other biggest story coming out of week six was uh, there's no more undefeated teams. So pressure's off. Nobody's going 22-0 and 0 or whatever. What would it be, 23 now with the extra game? No, wait, that's not right. Don't make me do math live on air. How about we take a quick break and come back with the week seven preview? And we're back to a football night in that. But the week seven preview. uh, Oh, snap. It's getting real now. It's getting real in terms of the bye weeks. There are six teams who get the week off. It feels like a lot this early, but. Yeah, it is. Uh, the Panthers, Bengals, Cowboys, Texans, Jets, and Titans will all be watching this week's slate of games from the comfort of their homes. Uh, I don't know why they do this. So, so it wrecks fantasy football and also ruins the uh, the Sunday slate of games. gets pretty weak. And there are only a few uh, really good ones here. What would Let's they be start like? with... Let's start with the top game of the week, which I think there would be. I don't think you'll fight me on this one. The Dolphins and Eagles on Sunday night football. Both teams I feel fight. like out of contractual obligation, I have to fight you about this. <laughs> I figured if there was a way to, you know, undermine it, you would. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know how but to feel about that, but you're not these wrong. These are both super exciting. Obviously, um, Eagles just suffered their first loss. They'll be looking for a bounce back. The Dolphins have kept the good times rolling, uh, especially on offense. Their defense is a little questionable. 
Uh, and did you see this news that broke just about an hour ago? Is that the Eagles are signing Julio Jones? Yes. It's He's still uh, alive. <laughs> it's funny. I still had him on a dynasty roster this offseason. And I finally dropped him like a few weeks ago because I'm like, ah, he's not, he's never playing again. But of course, now this happens. Uh, who knows if he'll be ready for this game? They're going to start him out on the practice squad and have him get up to speed there. So I, I don't even know how big of an impact he'll realistically make at this point. Didn't do much in Tennessee in his last uh, stint with the team. Either way, well, this, not to sh- take a shot at Tennessee. You're talking about very different teams, though. <laughs> This is true. And actually, he and A.J. Brown, who is now a member of the Eagles, played together on that Titans team. They certainly did. And I think this. Uh, I think you're going to see some fireworks in this game. The Eagles' weakness has been their defense. <laughs> the Dolphins have the most explosive offense in the league. And uh, the Eagles are no slouch on offense themselves, where the Dolphins' weakness is also in their, in their defense. So I think this is going to be a really fun game. I think I'm going to give the I'm going to pick the Dolphins. I have the Dolphins on this one. I feel like that offense, just the speed, is too much for most people to handle. Given the yeah. record is five and one, I feel like that agrees with that statement. Yeah, and it's everywhere too. The running backs, receivers. I guess Tua doesn't really run. He doesn't have to. Anyway, uh, if he runs, he'll hit his head. Oh, too soon. Do they do they just put a roll of bubble wrap inside there yet? Come on, just help him I out. I have a feeling they did something because he's still conscious. It's true. We made it through six games. All right, next one I got here. Maybe this is too high given the state of yeah, the Yeah, what the hell are you thinking? <laughs> this is just dumb. In my head, I still think they're an exciting up-and-coming team, but that's not really true anymore, is it? It's exciting to watch how much they blow it. <laughs> they always find a way no matter what. They could be up 42 to nothing at the half. And yep. they'll find a way to lose. I think every single Chargers game ever ends with them down by a you know, one-score game and they've got the ball in their hands with less than two minutes left. What are you going to do? No timeouts. <laughs> and they blow it 80% of the time. <laughs> Fumble. Damn, was that not right? <laughs> uh. Yeah, so they're coming off that deflating loss on Monday. Barely scraped together 17 points thanks to an egregious special teams error by Dallas that set up their late touchdown. And the Chiefs have won five straight since their opening night loss to the Lions. So, yeah, this is definitely too high. It's easy, easy Chiefs. I think you should have, at the bare minimum, dropped it down two and moved the other ones up. All right, so which would be next for you? The next one I've got on the list, would this be your yes, number two? Lions and Ravens, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, despite the, the fact that the Lions are losing running backs like the Ravens did, they took a, if you're going to take a page out of the Ravens' playbook, it's probably not kill your running backs, but they picked that page. Um, they've however, copyrighted that page. <laughs> <laughs> the Lions haven't really missed a beat. They are a force to be reckoned. The AFs or they almost said the AFC North. Wahoo. They changed divisions. They're so good. <laughs> the NFC North looks like it may indeed have a new king. 
Would it be a Lion King? I was going to say King of the Jungle, but we were both heading in the same direction. <laughs> um, that being said, the Ravens' defense is fairly solid, but it's it's the offensive side that just seems to be lackluster, despite the fact that they've tried to shore it up. You know, they've pulled some great victories out. I mean, they have a good record at 4-2. They're sitting pretty handily in a good position in the AFC North. But, yep. but like we've said, I think every week, it, it's not exactly convincing, is it? <laughs> the way they're winning games, it's, it's I mean, at the end watch. of the day, the, the rule of thumb is a win is a win. But sure. you should feel confident in those wins. Like, yeah, that was like they we we underestimated them, which is why it was so close. But you could see a confidence in the way that the, the win was had. And they just don't have it. The Lions, however, have. It. So I actually have the Lions taking this one. Yeah, I can see why. This is a really tough one for me. I mean, Jameer Gibbs is probably going to be back. Montgomery's out for a while. Um, Goff to Amon Ross St. Brown. It's a match made in heaven. Really all they need, and their rookie tight end, Sam Laporte, has been great, too. I'm going to take the Ravens, though, at home. I think their defense might be able to slow them down a bit, and maybe Lamar can work you a little suck. This is this all just stems from me begging Lamar Jackson to be useful for my fantasy team. Uh, I got to see if that pick. was indeed my pick. He's terrible. Uh, no, it's not. That's who I picked for my – oh, that's interesting. <laughs> who made that? I was that? looking at – because I'm still alive in Eliminator. Oh, so fancy. <laughs> um, and you just wait. You'll be surprised. All right, I'm going to take the Ravens. Am I waiting for you, or, or should we keep going? <laughs> I was waiting for you. Okay. <laughs> I, I didn't mean, I didn't know if you meant you'll be surprised right now when I reveal it, or later when you... No, we're not there yet. Okay, 49ers at Vikings I've got next. This is probably too high as well. At a certain point, I just started... Yeah, I, would, I like this one where it's at. I feel like it's more exciting now with uh, McCaffrey and Debo uncertain, the Niners looking like an average yep. football team. Levels of the field a bit. I don't know, another average football team. <laughs> I mean, granted, it's been against Carolina and Chicago, but the Vikings defense has done better the last couple of weeks. Uh, man, this would this would be fun if they had Jefferson. I just have no confidence they can move the ball consistently on offense without him, especially against this Niners defense. This is a Monday night game, by the way. I'm taking uh, San Francisco. Please hold. You know what I like to play, Mike. <laughs> I like to play the long odds. You love yourself an underdog. With, with if without the likelihood of McCaffrey and Debo playing, I feel like the Vikings defense stands a much better chance. True. Against yep. this, so I'm actually going to take the Vikings, basically banking that McCaffrey and or Debo are out. All right, I like it. Steelers at Rams. I've got next. The Steelers are three and two. They're coming off the bye week. And the Rams are three and three, and uh, they've got I Cooper Cup now. That. I gotta check my team. Hold on, that can't be right. I don't like your notes. Cooper Cup hasn't missed a beat since coming off IR uh, from that preseason hamstring injury. Uh, he's stepped right back in and leading. No, <laughs> is it true the Rams could be without their leading rusher Kyron Williams for this one? No. <laughs> Which also means Matt's fantasy team could be without him. 
you realize like half my team, like I don't I know. name their team IR reserve, but I'm getting yeah. there. That's you. That, yeah. Uh, anyway. Yeah. So that's a blow for them because he's been really good and obviously a big blow for you in fantasy because he, he's been ridiculous. Right, he put up 151 rushing yards and a touchdown last week. He's so good. That's more than like all the running backs in my roster combined. <laughs> I think I will take the Steelers. I have the Rams. I feel like with Cup back, you know, Puka Troopa doing just fine. <laughs> Dropped a touchdown last week. Damn it. Well, I mean, that's a you problem. <laughs> I was doing just fine. And they won the game, so what does he care? <laughs> anyway. Um, wasn't it Lamar Jackson, I think, sent out a tweet about that? Like, I don't care about your fantasy team. I'm trying to win games. A lot of people have said stuff like that. Yeah. <laughs> um, but I, I, the Steelers are getting their offense together, but the Rams have the experience. So I'm always going to lean towards experience. All right. Falcons at Bucks. I've got next NFC South divisional battle between yeah, the. You could have dropped this one a little bit more, I think. Three and three Falcons, three and two Buccaneers. I mean, I want to be excited about the Bucks. They were in their creamsicles last week. Ironic, because they got cream. Detroit popsicles run around the field. Wait, did you hear my joke? It was ironic because then they got creamed by the Lions. <laughs> <laughs> that was their second loss in a row. Uh, both in both of which their offense has really struggled. Baker, so many opportunities. He overthrew a couple deep shots that could have been touchdowns. Unlucky interception off a tipped ball. You can't really run the ball because I think. Which feels like there's at least 15 tipped balls in every game this it, year. I've been noticing that too. I know, and I know Baker's short, like Russell Wilson. Is that why? I don't know. Yeah, are the quarterbacks just not like six foot seven anymore? Get, get Brock Osweiler back out there. <laughs> you remember that? Oh, dude? Like that's seven, a throwback. Like seven feet tall or something. For you kids out there. <laughs> Where's Noodle anyway. Mike Lennon? Yeah, right. <laughs> uh, yeah, so that's been difficult for the Buccaneers lately after they started out 3-0. and The Falcons can only win if Ritter doesn't have to throw. I <laughs> and I think fair. They got B.J. Robinson. I think the rest of the league knows that now. And the Buccaneers, uh, for how shaky they've been on offense, defense has been pretty solid. I'm going to take Tampa. Me too. Packers at Broncos, two and three Packers, Denver one and five. This game will take place at the Mile High Stadium. Packers coming out of the bye week, see if they got anything figured out. Hopefully they got Aaron Jones healthy, but I just saw they signed a running back today, James Robinson. That's not a good sign to me. That makes me feel like Jones still isn't healthy, but we'll see. Maybe it's Or they could be putting him on like a snap count. Yeah. Anyway, we'll see. They they really need him though because he was key to the how the offense looked so different with him the first couple of weeks and then without him. Um, we all know what a dumpster fire Denver is. I'm, I'm gonna take the Packers. <laughs> I know what you're talking about best team in the league. <laughs> I'm gonna take the actually no, I'm taking the Broncos. My goodness, really? You're going? Are you pulling a me? I'm I'm trying a reverse jinx situation, but also I might be starting their running back in fantasy. So I, I, so Denver can run. We saw that even against the Chiefs. The Packers cannot defend the run. Russell Wilson can't throw, so they'll probably do a run-heavy game plan. 
<laughs> I like what you're thinking. There's actually some logic behind that. Uh, with that really being said, I'm still off. going with Green Bay. I mean, if they do throw the ball, our secondary against their secondary, I feel like is no contest. That is true. Yeah. Yeah. Denver's receivers. I mean, we talked about Judy hasn't been doing much, might be traded. Cortland Sutton, outside of that one amazing catch, just doesn't get separation and they just don't have guys getting open down the field. So um, whatever. I'll stick with Denver, though. <laughs> I like it. They're my playoff sleeper. Got to back them at some point. On the table. <laughs> Maybe. Raiders. Raiders at Bears. The Raiders come into this game at 3-3. Three and three, Bears 1-5. and five, And it looks like it's going to be the rookie undrafted free agent Tyson Bagant. And who this one. Bobo Baggins. Yes. That's the exact joke I heard made on another podcast. Uh, and I wanted to bring it up. So thank you. I, you came up with that yourself though, didn't you? I, I had no idea somebody else said it. Nice. Okay, then you get the credit. Bilbo yes. Baggins. <laughs> Whoever you are, suck it. Uh, yeah, so Baggins played the entire second half last week after Justin Fields got hurt. Uh, moved the ball a bit, but also gave up a fumble, returned for a touchdown, and threw an interception at the end. I will say what makes me mad is I did see a lot of people blaming this kid for the loss. It's like, don't be that That's guy. ridiculous. Yeah. <laughs> Don't don't be don't be that fan. Like, come on now. You know what has been funny though from the fans and just from like local sports talk radio that I've been listening to the last couple of days is is people are excited about this kid. I don't know. I feel like the fan base, I feel like everyone has turned against Fields. Even the coaching staff had like nice things to say about this guy, Bagent 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 Baggins, and how he reads it. Just leave the funny out. to me. He has a quick release and stuff like that. Stuff they don't even say about Fields. I, there's a weird amount of excitement, I think, to see him play. Raiders could also be without their starting quarterback. Jimmy Garoppolo left with a back injury last week. And uh, yeah, Ryan Hoyer. That team. Ryan Hoyer finished the game and looked fine. So It doesn't matter who's playing QB for the Raiders. They're going to win. Yeah, I have the Raiders as well. All right, Commanders three and three taking on the one and five Giants. Ooh, this game could have been a little higher. I don't know. Not if uh, not if Daniel Jones is still out, but he's not even that good. So what am I even talking about? <laughs> I mean, I was intrigued to the whole like what was going on with that. There you go. You 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 were heavily invested in that. So Tara, take it away. Tara Taylor is fine. They're they're no worse off with him. <laughs> and Saquon's back, which is great for them. Looked good. Did, made it through the game healthy. And uh, Commanders have been so up and down. I don't think this game is as much of a slam dunk as you might, just based on the records. I will take the Commanders still on the road, though. I have the Commanders myself, and they are my eliminator. Oh, I love it. Thank you. <laughs> this should be a big game for Chase Young and their D-line, just given the way that the Giants have been <laughs> with their offensive line. I mean, at that point, the offensive line should just stay off the field and just be like, we're going to let them through anyway. <laughs> All right, a couple more here. Jaguars at Saints. This is a Thursday night game. Trevor Lawrence uh, apparently suffered some kind of knee sprain at the end of his game on Sunday, and he's been – wearing a brace uh, so far this week on that knee. So his uh, status is kind of up in the air. I don't know what else to say about this game. The Saints are just such a bleh team. 
like they have a pretty good defense and a mediocre to bad offense. I feel like all their games are like 20 to 17 or something like that. They're right. three and three. So it's kind of working. Jags are four and two. I'm taking Jacksonville. Okay. Yeah, I'll take Jacksonville too. As of that, I could hear the deep sigh. <laughs> the Saints are quickly moving into like Titans territory for me. Like, I don't know how to pick them. Well, I don't they just need to put Jameis Winston in because Alvin Kamara was such a fan of him. <laughs> oh, that was such a funny clip where Winston's trying to be talking to him on the sideline and Kamara has that all too familiar face of just like, please stop talking to me. <laughs> 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 and it sucks because about... I bet you he was trying to hype them up and like motivate. He's just like, you, you're not even a quarterback right now. <laughs> Go away. Like you're you're behind uh, Taysom Hill on the depth chart, you loser. <laughs> yeah, what does that say about you? Probably talking about eating W's again or something weird. All right, Browns at Colts. I've got next Browns. This one could probably be a little higher, actually. The Browns are three and two. Colts are three and three, and will be will likely be quarterbacked by Gardner Minshew from here on out. Uh, looks like Anthony Richardson, their the fourth overall pick in this year's draft, uh, looks like he's going to be having season-ending shoulder surgery. Poor kid. He was pretty exciting from the little <laughs> the glimpses we saw, uh, but I think it was also a rough kind of awakening in terms that you can't you can't run the same way as a quarterback in the nfl as you can in college in, in just the four games he played he had a concussion one time and then had this shoulder injury already yeah he kind of got his ass kicked but it's a, it's always a hard lesson for rookies to learn right like the speed of the nfl is not what you think it is and they don't hit to bump you like some of these guys they they feel like they it's like the old school they like hit to kill her <laughs> Yeah. to take you out for sure. Like, they're not going to pull up. Yep. And everyone's just bigger, stronger, faster. So hopefully it's a lesson well learned and he'll be back next year and uh, tweak some things. The Browns, meanwhile, we don't know who's going to be the quarterback yet. But either way, their kind of identity is defense and run game. I'll take Cleveland to win this one. Me too. Cardinals at Seahawks, taking the Seahawks, although a little concerned about how bad their offense looked last week against the Bengals. They have no offensive line either. They Their mm. offensive line is made of Swiss cheese. If only it was Cheddar, then they should could be the Packers O-line. Ha! Thanks. <laughs> was that believable? Did you believe that? <laughs> Almost. <laughs> All right, who you got here? Which... Which kind, which flavor of bird are you down with? <laughs> uh, I prefer a nice roasted. Oh, <laughs> the Hawks. Got it. Uh, and then I've got Bills at Patriots because oh God, I, we even got to talk about this. I don't want to see Mac Jones on my TV screen ever again. <laughs> Taking the Bills. No, we don't have to talk about it. Okay, thank God. <laughs> All right, one more quick break. Back with the fantasy corner. Now, let's take a trip down to the Fantasy Corner. Do you notice you're, you're not as excited as usual? <laughs> I am so f***ed. <laughs> I-R-O-I-R-I-R-O-K. 
Like that, that's my roster right now. <laughs> oh, they must have a bye week for the Jets, so I don't have Tyler Coughlin. <laughs> We're back. Oh, fantasy corner. They got to put Josh Kelly in there. <laughs> he wasn't good even when Eckler was out. <laughs> and then I ate Mercado because I don't know. James Connor's like, I'm gonna blow my knee out. That was like the, that was the most brutal thing maybe that happened in fantasy last week was it? Yeah, Connor goes out. Demarcado looks great for him. Everyone grabs him on waivers. He gets like two carries last week. Oh, so aggravating! <laughs> Thank God my receiving core decided to learn how to play football. But you can kick it off. You're you're slated to start. I guess we already covered your Matt's injury woes. Uh, well. This is sort of a joke, but is it possible to be eliminated mathematically from the playoffs yet? Because <laughs> if what's, your, what's it is, your record? One in five. Oh, maybe. <laughs> See how many? That's mostly rhetorical. Um, but the point is, my team's crap. <laughs> we, I barely broke a hundred again. Uh, one hundred one to one twenty-eight loss to Balaji. And uh, I don't know. Baker was terrible. Hunter Henry doesn't exist. Puka, I can't blame Puka Nakua at all. He's been so good and so consistent. This was his first kind of down game. And uh, I am watching the Ravens closely, and this is why, because I used my first round pick on Lamar Jackson. And it just doesn't look convincing. Doesn't look good. He's not I breaking mean, off. I you could have used runs. the number one overall pick on a guy that's on IR right now. Well, I didn't even have the number one overall pick. Otherwise, yeah, that, that, that is probably what I would have done. Him or McCaffrey, who's also hurt. <laughs> so I guess at least Lamar is healthy. I don't know. I feel like that's my biggest problem. Is that no one is made, no one is producing monster games on my team. I my roster is full of like you know ten points, twelve points, eight points, but no one got over fifteen. I don't think. Uh, I'm not even mad about it anymore, though. I've arrived at the acceptance stage. <laughs> my team is not good. This is not my year. You know, it's time to start. Time to start doing mock drafts for 2024. <laughs> uh, you got a win, though, taking down our two-time defending champion, Kevin. It was a lot closer than it should have been, given the fact that DiMarcato put up 2.2 points. Yeah. Purdy put up seven. Yikes. Uh, the Eagles, giving up 20 points in the loss to the Jets, put up five. And then 2-2 Atwell, three and a half. Other than that, I had a pretty good solid play for the roster. Um, Addison, 10. Zay Flowers with 14, lead the pack. That's nice, yeah. I The first time I start Curtis Samuel, 12.2. Nice. Uh, but it's Kalen Williams that really carried the team with the 21.8 points. But uh, Yeah, so now you've got him, James Conner. And Justin Jefferson all on <laughs> injured. Well, and then I traded with you to get Derek Carr and Tank Dell, and Tank Dell's out. I mean, they're <laughs> on a bye this week, but he's out with an injury. Did not know that. He was healthy when we made the trade, just for the record. <laughs> uh-huh. I mean, However, I still, I still feel good that I came out ahead on that trade. Yeah, I, I mean, Carr has been... I was hoping Baker would be a thing, but Carr, even in not that great of a game, had like 10 more points than Baker. Uh, he put up 16 last yeah. week. Yep, Baker had and six. Given, 
I mean, the biggest choice I have is do I keep Birdie Purdy in the lineup or do I start Carr? That's kind of where I'm at. Um, other than that, I have big issues at running back. For, I had the strongest, arguably, running back core. And now they're all dead. <laughs> and the other part of that trade was you sending me Joe Mixon. And even though he's been healthy, he probably still put up the same amount of points as Tank Dell, who had got a zero. Because <laughs> um, if Kalen Williams looks like he's not going to go, my only other running back is Josh Kelly, which... Uh, well, t- tomorrow's waiver one day. rush for two yards. Get, get your waiver Eckler back. That's not good. So I'm going to be fishing the waivers tonight. Yep. <laughs> but I feel good. I'm three and three. I feel like I'm in the middle of the pack. I think. Yeah, I mean you're three and three. You're right, right there, right in the mix. Uh, week seven, I get to play Kevin, so let's hope he has another 62-point game. But even if he does, even if I knew that going in, I'd still only give myself like 50-50 odds to beat that. <laughs> the Jets are, on, Jets are on by this week, which, you know, uh, that means I'm down Garrett Wilson and Brees Hall, um, as well as Damian Pierce and Mixon, too. So that's kind of that kind of sucks. But I'm going up against a powerhouse this week. Oh, yeah, you're against uh, Sorio, right? Yes, sir. Uh, looking at oh. the roster now. Like, even with... Yeah, the good news, it's a good week to play Sorio because he's got Pollard and Jamar Chase both on a bye. So that helps. Even then... Um, yeah, I'm projected 84.1 points. That's always comforting. But that's because that's simply because I have nobody in my other running back position. Right. Yeah, you'll you'll put someone there. Uh, but 20 point difference is a lot to make up. Uh, he's projected 105.3. Okay. Still not not unbeatable. No, but he's he's got the smart pairing of Jared Goff with. I'm on Ross St. Brown, so, like, all they got to do is hook up three times and I'm done. You better join me in rooting for the Ravens, then. (laughs) Uh, I can't do it. (laughs) I just never thought I'd see myself a Lions fan, and here I am. Well, so good luck to us both, since we're not playing each other. Do you want to – should we get the FanDuel thing head-to-head going again? I'm getting tired of the same players letting me down every week. I want some new players to let me down. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I have to see if I can get back into my account. That was the whole problem. All right. Give it a try uh, because that was fun and gave me something else to root for because so I'm in like four leagues. I'm under 500 in all of them. <laughs> it's just a need to help you draft next year. Uh, maybe. Yeah. Maybe, we, maybe. Not, but it's going to be just terrible. <laughs> I'd be doing fine if I didn't have all these injuries. Yeah, you were doing great. I mean, Justin Jefferson alone, it's a consistent, like, 20 a week. I don't have anyone on my team doing that, not even quarterbacks. It's sad. I'm sad about it anyway. (laughs) (laughs) Sad, Mike. All right. Well, if nothing else, I think we'll leave it there for today and um, enjoy the games, and we'll catch you next time. Have fun, everybody. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening to the 2M Football Podcast with Matt and Mike. 
Don't forget to follow us on our social media, both Twitter and Instagram. Look for our photo at 2M Football Show. If you like what you heard, please tell your friends, family, and others who may be interested in listening to all of our shenanigans. And remember, we will see you next week on the Gridiron.